0: Are you ready? Go. It's time Go. to separate the men from the boys. Go. 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 And get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective.
1: Hello and welcome to Park for May on the Ginger's Perspective. And the Argentinian Grand Prix really delivered an interesting race, to say the least. But let's start... Rob Portman, the editor of Ride Fast Magazine, with Moto2, where Brad Binder showed some serious heroics. Tell us more.
0: Yeah, it's it's just really incredible. You know, uh, it's been a tough start to the season for Brad uh, after having that crash in his first Moto2 test last year at Valencia, breaking his arm. Uh, Was out for for 12 weeks, um, had initial problems with the first surgery, had to go in for another surgery when he was back here in South Africa at the beginning of the year. He hasn't been able to train or do anything, has been really suffering with with his arm. Um, Went into the first couple of tests at at Therese and other places, you know, was feeling comfortable on the bike, but his arm just wasn't right. Went into the first race in Qatar, did the best he could, uh, said his arm wasn't feeling good at all, managed to pick up a 20th place there, wasn't too happy, but it was a good learning curve for him going into Argentina, he just wanted to carry on with that learning curve, and again his arm was just giving him a lot of problems and uh, in, in one of the Saturday I think it was the 3 practice 3 he had a tank slap coming out of one of the corners and it actually um, did some damage to his arm, he came in the pit, said his arm was very sore kind of just overlooked it, qualified in 24th place, in mixed conditions wasn't feeling too happy um, I spoke to him that night and he said you know, he's just over this arm, he's just he knows he can go a lot faster. He wants to go faster. So on, on race day, he's just going all out. He doesn't care what happens. Woke up Sunday morning, arm very swollen, went for x-rays, found out that the plate in his arm had actually shifted and re-broke his arm. And uh, being, you know, tough as bull from South Africa, <laughs> decided that uh, he wanted to race. Race, and he was just going to put it all on the line. And uh, an incredible job. From 24th on the grid to ninth place. You know, even without a broken arm, that would have been an incredible ride in his second Moto2 race ever. And then after the race, um, just really almost collapsed. Uh, was not feeling good at all, and uh, has since gone been rushed back to Spain, and he's going in for another surgery. Uh, he sent me an x-ray this morning. His dad sent me a, a picture of an x-ray this morning, and that arm looks like something out of a zombie movie. It really is that scary. So uh, another surgery for Brad, unfortunately, and will probably miss the next couple of races, because you'll be out for six weeks. But um, I think the main focus now is to get 100% fit so you can really focus on uh, challenging in the Moto 2. Because if you can finish ninth with everything that's gone on, you know, 100% fit Brad on a, a very good KTM bike, as Oliver show finishing on the podium, can really be challenging for that top three, week in, week
1: out. Yeah, there's no doubt he possesses the talent. He's on a good team. He's on a good bike. Uh, and I think this is, as you say, just the start for Brad Binder. And let's we need to point out the season only ends in November. So we've got a lot of racing still to do from Brad. So I think for KTM in general, good weekend. I mean, in the premier class, their first points too. They'll be thrilled with what's going on at the moment. But I agree. Let's get the arm fixed. Let's get Brad 100% and then see what he can do
0: it was a very good weekend for KTM obviously uh, with Brad top 10 Oliveira second um, pretty much with Alex Marquez throwing it away uh, same thing in MotoGP with Mark Marquez but we are touching that just now and of course Darren Binder in the, in the Moto3 doing an incredible job as well uh, dicing for a, a top 5 just on the cusp of that podium finish and then unfortunately had gearbox problems and dropped down to 15 and his way back up to 12 so good more good points for Darren Binder and uh, he's only going to get better as the year goes on with that KTM machine as well so watch out for another
1: tough uh, bender out on in the, in the GP grid. Rob let's talk about Mark Marquez uh, the reigning world champion uh, was out in front looked that looked to be gone absolutely gone and then a silly error as he admitted cost him dearly what what do you make of of that so it looked like He just had a little wobble, didn't he? Just like lost control, or maybe a lapse in concentration. What did you think?
0: Uh, It's a very strange one because, you know, he said it was his mistake that he went down. But you know, in his next breath, he said he didn't really do anything that different to the lap before, or pretty much the same as uh, as Zarco um, in Qatar, where he was leading and said he was he didn't do anything different and just lost the front end of 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 his Yamaha. So Marque is the same and. A couple of laps later Danny Pedrosa coming to the field the exact same crash so both Honda factory Honda uh, having the same problems so you know I know Rossi has, has come out and he's pretty verbal about the fact that he's not a hundred percent satisfied with Michelin front tire yet so whether it was that or, or 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 the bumps in the track I mean you could see coming into turn two a lot of the riders would hit those bumps and you could see a lot of the bikes were offset but um Marquez had the same crash in one of the free practice sessions, exact same crash. So it was obviously just a, a corner that he was maybe trying to push too hard in. Or I mean, he had a comfortable lead. He, there was no real need to do that. But having said that, cast your mind back uh, last season when he was comfortably out front and, and, and Rossi hunted him down, caught him, passed him, and Marquez made a, another silly error crashing out of the race. So... Uh, yeah, not good for Marquez or for the Honda team. Crutch are doing an incredible job on on the the satellite semi factory supported Honda, but Honda have got a lot of problems. They really have have got to fix them. If, if you look at Yamaha dominating, with Vinales winning both races, Rossi and the podium in both races, the likes of Folga and Zarko right up there. So a lot of work to do for for the Japanese manufacturer.
1: Yeah, what do you make of of the surface there in, in Argentina? I mean, I mean these have the, the track is a world-class track. I mean, it's it has to be, as it's part of the MotoGP circuit, but the surface itself, is it surface, is it tire? You, you know, what did you make of it?
0: A lot of the riders came out um, questioning and complaining a little bit about the, the service in Argentina and how the Michelins were working on that surface in particular. I know Michelin bought a hat, for, a hat uh, basically a whole container full, of uh, different compound tires to try at Argentina. Um, also, with the, the rain, you know, that also threw a big spanner in the works. Michelin bought a, a soft um, tire, rain tire for that, as well as a medium and a hard. And a lot of guys in the qualifying and then switching from medium to soft. I know Lorenzo tried it, um, Yanoni yeah, tried it, a couple of guys tried it. So, you know, the guys weren't 100% satisfied with a, with a surface, and a lot of riders in a way kind of just held back and, and took the points, and you could see Rossi once again, that maturity coming through same with Vinales in a way, they both just kind of knew that the the, the start of the race was going to be dodgy uh, you really had to get heat into the tyres to, to get the best out of the tyres and the track and that's what they did, and maybe Marquez just pushing too hard again uh, on, on a surface that wasn't 100% on tyres that were battling with the surface and, and crucially crashing out, and, and that's more lost points on Vigiales especially and Rossi in the title but you know, as far as Yamaha are concerned
1: they're just smiling away Yeah, One team that's not smiling at all is Ducati and, and Jorge Lorenzo I know that Andrea Iannone there was a, a line uh, he held his line or, or, or Lorenzo held his line and, and there was almost uh, a little bit of contact there but Lorenzo does not look like a happy camper after two races on a Ducati
0: no, that that move was completely Lorenzo's fault. I'm not sure what he was trying to do. I mean, yeah, no, he was a little bit off line, but his natural progression from from that line was going to come across, you know. And Lorenzo was just trying what I don't know, but it just was another disaster weekend, not only for Lorenzo but for Davizio as well. Both Ducati guys going into uh, qualifying one, not making qualifying two, and then both not finishing and with the likes of Dautista, Baz, and um, Carl Abraham, who couldn't buy a top 10 in World Superbikes. You know, on the old spec, the Ducati's kind of showing up the factory boys, it's really not all that happy. Especially after a good Qatar, where vizioso really was in the fight for the win and picked up good points. But Lorenzo coming out saying that it was, you know, it was all his fault when he first tested to Ducati, he asked for him to lower the seat because it was too high and he felt more comfortable. Now he realizes that it was a mistake. And they've wasted months of testing, and they need to raise the seats again. And for the race, they did that, and he was really positive he was going to go in the race and they were going to solve all the problems. And then didn't make it far past the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. A silly, stupid error of his own, it, it has to be said. But uh, a lot of work there to do for them. I mean, not the way you want to start the season. And Lorenzo is all about confidence, and he has none of it at the moment. No. So going forward, geez, I can't see where they're going to go, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, De Vizioso was very unlucky. He was taken out by by Spagaro, but at the end of the day, um, he does look like he could be a potential threat to, to the podium places of every race. But as you say, Ducati just haven't found that formula, have they? They really are struggling to put things together.
0: They they have. Look, I mean, with the like you said, it was, just a, it was just a bad weekend. We know that he's going to come back and always going to be challenging for that top three. It's where the... You know Lorenzo, who they are paying stupid amounts of money to, and and not really getting the same kind of um, publicity and response they did from like a Iannone or a Rossi being Italian. You know, this is a Spanish rider that you know, has nowhere near the same kind of fan base as a lot of the other riders yeah. in MotoGP. So Ducati were really hoping that you know their money was going to be spent on a rider that was going to be running in the top three week in Um I'm I'm pretty sure they and Lorenzo knew that the first couple of races were going to be demanding. I'm sure they're going to wait to get to a track like Mugello where Ducati had dominated over the years. They know that their fast bike really works well there and and Lorenzo's fast there as well. But for now, it's it's so much work to do. Dobby's going to be there for sure, but Lorenzo, I mean, if he doesn't make the Ducati work, a lot of people have asked me, you know, will he go back to Yamaha? I, I can't see Yamaha taking it back. Yeah. You know, they're going to keep Vignales. They're going to keep Rossi for as long as they can. I think when Rossi does go, the likes of Zarko or Folger could potentially go into that factory ride, so for Lorenzo he's got to make that caddy ride work
1: Yeah, Zarco looks like he's so comfortable in MotoGP, he's really impressed, and I know the commentators were saying they could watch Zarko riding on repeats, like for hours and hours and hours, he's just an absolute beast, he really is a guy that's taken to GP. and as you say, you know, you think about that Yamaha with Rossi, maybe one more season after this. He sells a lot of um, uh, uh, replica wear. And Vinales is, is destined to be a world champion, so it's highly unlikely you'll see a guy like Lorenzo get in the back door at Yamaha. He's got to make it work at Ducati. He's got no no choice. Yeah, he
0: doesn't. And Zarco, I could see is already doing the right things, and, and Yamaha already loving him. I mean, leading the first Grand Prix running in the top five in the second Grand Prix. Folger also doing an, an incredible job. The two rookies there really are on a good wicket. So, and there's so many fast youngsters coming up as well. I mean, we, we can throw Brad Binder uh, uh, into, into the hat as well. So, in two, two years time when Rossi, if he does call it a day, um, yamaha have got plenty of options. So, Lorenzo, I don't even think will be one, to be honest. I don't know um, quite what terms he left on there. I don't think it was the best terms, to be honest. But uh, with Lorenzo, you've got to, you've yeah, got to make the Ducati thing work, and I think he will. To be honest, I, I, I have said I, I think he's riding style the Ducati. I think they will iron out a couple of a couple of issues they are having, and I think we will be seeing Lorenzo running closer to the podium finish. But I can't see him winning any titles or, or anything soon. And just as, as another rumor, and I'll go on record saying it now because a lot of people are asking, I sincerely and honestly. 100% believe that mark Marquez will be on a factory KTM, probably in the 2019-2020 season.
1: Wow! So you
0: know, that'll be really interesting because I think the ties that he's got with Red Bull and KTM are there. I think he's looking at KTM and the moves that they are making and the commitment that they are doing. You know, Honda's no longer the the big uh, brand that they used to be. So that'll be a really interesting move for Marquez, and I think he's got to make it because if he just stays with Honda and keeps running with Honda he'll never be uh you know on rossi's level because rossi made the move from Honda to yamaha and made it work so lorenzo's lorenzo tried to do it with the caddy now it's not working so much but yeah watch this space i think Marquez red bull ktm 2019 2020
1: and that bike looks so sick it's so well branded it looks amazing really does look good um lastly Rob let's talk about uh, Circuit de Americas that's our next stop 23rd of April what are we expecting there what can we look forward to will Ducati get it right there Um, give us your thoughts
0: well it's been a track that Mark Marquez has been unstoppable at the last couple of years so I think I know he will go really well there Um, he's dominated there in the past I think he'll do it again if he doesn't make an error as he did in Argentina so I think he's going to be hard to beat the Ducati's, I think, the Vizioso will be up there. He has been up there the last couple of years, but they do struggle to maintain pace with the likes of the MR and the Honda. The Ducati works so well at the beginning of the race. It just doesn't seem to hold the tyres so well. I think Lorenzo will battle. It's, it's a really tough track. A lot of turns, a lot of tight, fast combinations left to right. So I think Lorenzo will battle. But watch out for the likes of Zarco, Volga. Jack Miller's had an impressive season. Scott Redding's up there. You know, you can throw so many names into the mix now. It's not just the case of it's going to be the same three every single race meeting. So it's up to the likes of Vinales. There's no doubt he'll be fast again. Rossi, if he can get another podium and just keep picking up those points because if anything happens to the likes of Vinales and Marquez, if Rossi can just be there to pick up the points he could be a serious we know he's going to be a serious title contender but he could really go and have a serious charge at that 10th uh, title which we, I'm
1: sure we all wish that he'll get I just love the way Rossi's approach this season he's just going about his business under the radar and things are falling into place while Vinales steals the, the spotlight, it's uh, going to be a fascinating season, Rob quickly what can we expect in Ride Fast Magazine uh, in the next month
0: the, the April issue has just come out on shelves now it's got Rossi on the cover from Qatar we cover the full Qatar race uh, all the behind the scenes happening and obviously the race itself we've got uh, exclusive Brad Binder column exclusive Darren Binder column we've got a very cool sense of spread of Shez Marais of the Heath Epic Ride from Aragon uh, we've got some world exclusive tests again so just jam packed with everything that you, uh, a, motor, a motorcycle reader w- and lover would want so go grab it
1: yeah, countrywide, all good retailers will have Ride Fast Magazine. Rob, thanks for your time. Remember, you can catch the podcast on iTunes, cliffcentral.com. It's got a new look website looking rather top. And of course, on csduplicy.co.za. We'll catch you again next time as we preview the next stop on the MotoGP circuit in America.